thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, Consulting Analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation, and AI. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, enjoy the show. The telecom industry has realized that consumers are not on the whole that much impressed by 5G. And the even increased rollout may not make any appreciable difference to revenues. However, the two most notable characteristics of 5G, fully defined software architecture and much more granular network control, mean that it could still be the right tool for the job in a host of industry vertical applications. This is causing some realignment in the telecom vendor landscape. We've already seen Nokia comprehensively rebrand, in large part to be more enterprise friendly. We've seen the likes of Lumen, the old CenturyLink, relaunch itself with new technology and an offer focused on business. But this isn't virgin territory. Industry verticals from retail to manufacturing to healthcare already have a host of trusted ICT partners. So how will today's telcos and their vendors derive new revenue from 5G? What does that value chain actually look like? I am pleased today to have an incredibly experienced uh, guest to discuss telecom's role in industry verticals. That's Matt Beal, Senior Vice President of Development at Oracle Communications. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. Joining us today for this discussion is, is Grant Lenahan. Grant keeps a close eye in his research on the relationship between enterprises, telcos, and vendors. Grant, great to get your input on today's topic. Thanks for having me here, Robert. Grant, I do want to start with you, actually, because this topic of verticals and growth has been you know, rumbling around the industry for uh, certainly a couple of years now. Is this new focus by telcos on, on verticals just a reaction to, to flat consumer revenues, or, or is there really significant you know, revenue upside uh, that, that telcos really can be looking to tap? I think you've just had opened Pandora's box to some degree. Um, there's so much history in that question, uh, but I, let, let's start with the short answer. I do believe there's opportunity, but I, I only believe there's opportunity if uh, companies look at the opportunity through the proper lens, that this is not about them, it's about the industries themselves uh, and understanding those industries. So in that way, I think the pivot's good. Um, I'd also just like to add in that I don't think it's about 5G. I think it's about serving digital supply chains and, and, and digital ecosystem processes, whether they're radio or whether you're connecting public cloud is, you know, you and I have done work in that area to try and forecast some of the opportunity. So I realize you know this as well or better than I do. Um, it's one of the reasons I think it's, it's so great to have someone like Matt here who's had, you know, feet in the CSP camp, but is now playing a leadership role in a company that, frankly, focuses on those industry verticals uh, for what seven, eight, seven eighths or eight ninths of the business, and can hopefully bring a more balanced view from the outside into telecom of what we do need to do uh, to serve these these supply chains. It, it's a it's a very natural segue, Grant. I want you to hold that thought about five G because we're going to talk about that again in a few minutes. But an easy segue to, to Matt. So Matt, welcome to the podcast. You're you're a very well-known figure to, to many of us in the industry, but I think this, it's possible. It's possible there are some people who don't realize quite how far and wide your career has taken you. Maybe could you give us like a quick summary, 60 seconds, just on, on how you ended up as a senior VP at, at Oracle Communications? 
Uh, the how we got here is a little bit of a tricky one, but let me give you the abbreviated version. So I, I think I spent, you know, nearly 20 years in, a, you know, CTO, head of innovation, head of strategy roles across very major carriers like Vodafone Group, CenturyLink, uh, before it was Lumen, BT, um, and, and then as well, you know, running a VoIP startup a, a long time ago. And m through my career, I've always been really motivated by what companies can do with communications in general. And so three years ago, when I was asked to join Oracle Communications, I was quite excited about it because I've long felt we were, as an industry, as a telecoms industry, not thinking correctly about this, that this is not about communications. This is about digital transformation at large. So I couldn't agree more with the way that Grant described it, because ultimately, there are some really, really challenging issues that face every single industry. And ultimately, the ability to communicate, to connect to their assets and to control those assets ultimately allow them to serve their customers, to know their customers and to deliver their services in a very, very different way. And that thought compelled me to join Oracle a number of years ago with, you know, Oracle is the world's largest industry application provider, period. And so it just makes sense that in today's world of accelerated need of digital service delivery, digital transformation, that bringing the two together made all the sense in the world. That's great insight, Matt, and, and great to have that experience. And, and one of the things that it strikes me is a little strange and a very interesting your perspective on it. it it's the way in which telcos talk about industry verticals compared to the way those industry verticals talk about telecom. And, and it's, it doesn't seem to me like it's a symmetrical kind of discussion. And I just I wanted to explore that a little bit more because we, we touched on the idea of, of needing to see things a different way and so on. Could you give a bit more character of, of how those two worlds look different? Because you sat on both sides of that of that table, as it were. Is it a symmetrical thing or is this asymmetrical, totally different uh, sense of perspective on uh, on the issues? So, so as with anything, it's we need to be careful not to generalize too much, right? So, so I, I think certain carriers look at certain specific industries in a very clear, I'm part of that industry. It, the generalization flows from, in most cases though, they look at how do they provide bits and bytes and phone calls to the industries and the industries look at them that way as well. And I think the challenge that the, that the telecom industry is really confronted with today is to be valuable in industries. They have to participate in solving their biggest challenges. And you'll hear me say that time and again, right? Because that's where value is creation. That's where change matters. And very rarely is that just by making sure they've got better broadband or better mobile or anything else. It's really about how do you get in, how do you understand, and how do you build it? the tooling and the solution to be able to address that particular challenge. And whether that's in health or whether that's in uh, public safety or whether that's in heavy industries, mining, there are those challenges that require the introduction of communications, but communications in its own right is insufficient to solve the problem. And I think that's sometimes where the challenge comes. You raise a very fair point. And, and maybe to touch on something that Grant brought up in the, in the earlier part of the discussion, um, our industry maybe gotten a little over obsessed about 5G. Uh, I mean, 5G is, is one technology and it's one part of the industry in terms of mobile. What you're saying, it, it reinforces something perhaps we saw recently, which is you know discussion around whether whether 4G is 
plenty actually for many different applications. And 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 maybe the telco is getting used to the idea that the connectivity part is while it's critical, it's it's one part among other parts. Could you talk about maybe one one or two other examples, maybe even from the industry labs facility where where the, is it 4G to 5G is kind of the least interesting part of what's going on there when you talk about some of those kind of wider business challenges, business problems? Yeah. Well, and then we can reflect on what a strange world we're in. That we're, we're actually, you know, debating that a little bit. But I, I think first and foremost, for the applications that people want to deliver today, 4G is largely sufficient in delivering the capability, but not the capacity. And if you think about so one of the things that we're quite excited about is the launch of Oracle's public safety suite. And this is a an, an incident management application suite delivered from Oracle Cloud that actually integrates real-time communications, audio and visual to help first responders be consistently aware of and respond to some of the most challenging events that confront our communities. So timely and of the essence and can be delivered to a certain capability in 4G and a compelling capability that, that just completely looks magical compared to what we used to do. But it's insignificant compared to what it will be able to do once you get full 5G standalone and with all of its bells and whistles and capabilities, it will be even better then. But it's one of those stories of it's going to be like moving from the horse cart to you know the, the automobile and we can't imagine yet the airplane ride, but that's coming. And that's, to me, what 5G is over 4G. And so right now, yeah, uh, most applications are going to be super happy moving out of the out of the, the wagon era into the automotive era. Um, but they will get better, and digital transformation in large will get that much better and that much more valuable when you move it to 5G. I mean, in that, in that context, it seems to me that digital transformation really is centered on cloud that there are aspects to it, but that's the most fundamental difference. And when you're looking at some of those industries, the, the transition to, to cloud, not cloud as a location for software, but cloud as a, as a environment in which you can assemble things and, and, and combine capabilities quickly, that, that seems to be having a bigger impact and an earlier impact, say, than, than the con- connectivity piece. But, but when you put the two together, and now, of course, you know, we can't have yeah. a conversation without talking about AI. That that also features in the, you know, you're talking rocket ships now at this point uh, yeah. to, to extend your transportation analogy. Is, is, yeah. is, is cloud really at the heart of all of these things? So 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 cloud and the data and, and the aggregation of the two is very much at the heart of it. But let's be clear, communications without cloud would be less valuable, right? I mean, the whole value of today's communications is to be able to get to the Googles and the Amazons and the Disney Pluses and everything else. But similarly, if you detach communications from cloud, you have one of the most power intensive, useless industries that's ever existed. They always go together. The advent of cloud became possible because carriers finally delivered broadband at capacity and scale. The two are inseparable. And that's what's essential to be able to get to AI and to all of the promise of tomorrow's digital transformation. It is massive capacity cloud, massive capacity communications, and the ingenuity, curiosity, and creativity of entrepreneurs bringing them together in compelling new ways. It does take me to a point that that Grant and I have talked about occasionally. It's this strange dichotomy in the industry. You, you talk about massive scale 
And that's absolutely, you know, that's built into to, to cloud and cloud economics. In terms of industry verticals, there seems to be this odd challenge about telcos uh, needing to scale down rather than up. Um, Grandy, you know, we, we touched on this in a couple of different different reports, but do you think telcos are getting that message that uh, in order to be able to scale down, they also have to go more horizontal, accept the economics of cloud and find new ways to leverage, to, to Matt's point, both the connectivity part and the cloud part and the infrastructure part and the applications part? Do you think they're, do you think they're getting to understand that? Uh, and if so, are there are there one or two verticals that, you know, where that's most obviously the case? You know, I think this is actually in some ways the long tail argument, right? That killer applications that drive entire markets are few and far between. And telcos having come from, and I don't mean to paint them with a broad brush, but they come from a utility background, a, a regulated background. They like big, clear tasks to go after with fairly assured revenue streams and known requirements. And that's very different from a long tail. The long tail says there's characteristics that are the same of all of these transactions, but everyone's different and they're small and we don't know what they are. And you're right. I mean, that's been sort of a focus of some of the research we've been doing that you have to, you have to build for a different kind of scale. You need to build for an inexpensive rapid ability to create uh, derivative versions of what you're doing, to innovate, to serve automotive and then serve media and then serve first responders and, and serve large companies and small. I think the other issue is, you know, you talk about cloud and it's, it's focus on being big and yet ecosystems change things a bit because now you are going to not a few large office and manufacturing facilities of giant companies. You're now going to dozens of supply chain partners uh, or, or, you know, customer partners, and you are potentially going to many, many hundreds of small branches and or, you know, engineering and work locations, and you're going to make it look like one large, well, cloud. It's not, it's not a large unit. It's, it's a, a cloud and a constellation of small things. And that's also, I think, where, you know, companies like Oracle bring a lot to the table because, you know, or Oracle pretty much has a mandate. Everything is cloud first, right? This is how we want to deliver. And that's a mindset that telcos don't totally, well, some do, but I don't think it's ingrained in the rank and file of telcos yet as they make business decisions. I'm really curious, you know, what, what Matt sees that working directly with those, those enterprises and on the other hand with the, with the telcos and trying to bring these uh, two tribes together. I want to follow up that point you've mentioned there, Grant, because it was something that struck me. We, we had the opportunity to visit the Industry Labs facility in, in the UK just last week. And uh, I was surprised. I'm surprised isn't really the right word, but I was impressed by um, the amount of airtime and coverage given to partners. As you say, Grant, to the sort of long tail, there are, I mean, there are 50, 60 logos, you know, uh, of companies, most of which you've never heard of. Of course, you've never heard of them because you're not in the construction industry. You're not in the you know, broadcast industry or whatever. And, and, and so, yeah, it, Matt, maybe maybe you could talk about how that that works inside of someone like our communications, you know, bringing on board and working with much, much smaller companies. But but you know, niche players who really provide something of, of real value because they understand the industry. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important and instructive to understand how it works, right? 
So what we do, the reason we've built our innovation labs in three different you know, places around the world right now is, is they provide for us almost that, um, you know, what's, what's the right word, collaborative workspace. And actually what happens is our customers come to us and say, I've got this really vexing problem. If I can solve it, it's a game changer for me. Oracle, you're my partner in this. Let's get together. And, and we, we turn around and say, bring these other guys. Because you know what? If it's a big, hard solution, it's going to take three or four or eight or ten of us to solve it. And we all get around the proverbial whiteboard. And we pre, you know, we essentially prototype the solution. Then we figure out what's wrong with that solution and we work it. And that's how solutions to these big, big challenges get built. They don't get built by us putting our arms around people who look cool and sexy. They get built by our partners, you know, coming to us with with a, a challenge and saying, this changes my business if we can just address it. And then we say, who do we need? And we bring bring everybody together and we go figure it out. And and that's the way you create massive value down mm -hmm. the road. Yeah, it's the, it's the ecosystem and the collaboration yeah. uh, story play, played out in, in, in real time. Fascinatingly different model, I think, than than much of, of telecom's history has been. I know we, we hear the words uh, quite a lot uh, now on, on new approaches, but it's, it's good to see that. I, I mean, is there a, uh, you know, again, one of the consequences of, of, of some of these new models uh, and business engagement structures is that telcos might not, might not play at all in some cases. I mean, they certainly need to adjust to perhaps a smaller part of a bigger pie, if I can put it that way. But, but I mean, for, for both of you, do, do you think there's a risk that telcos may not either see the opportunity or that they might see it, but not quite be able to engage in these new, in these new ways of, of working and might, might miss out on what, what ultimately represents, to, to your point, Graham, the, you know, the long tail of opportunity in, in servicing enterprises. Is, is there a risk for telcos in, in missing this particular boat? Grant, maybe, maybe you have a thought on that. You know, I, I was thinking about this when we were going through the previous question, um, because, you know, I talked about they need to be uh, sort of uh, engineered for innovation. And, and yet I actually, in many ways, believe the telcos need to, to get the idea out of their head that they need to know each industry. They're not going to know the industries. They need partners that know those industries. It might be Oracle. It might be some of the integrators. It's probably the, the integrators and engineering firms that work in those industries already, right? Um, so what I think they need to be able to do is work with a large number of channel partners and exp expertise partners that can address the long tail while they concentrate on doing a few things well. I mean, most industries are built around you do a few things well. Yeah, uh, General Motors and Toyota build cars, but they build it on, on, on a mountain of companies that do just rubber products, tire, tire companies and, and pressed steel products and, and, and seats and interiors and wiring harnesses. And they do that one thing well for many, many firms in the industry. And, and that's honestly what telecom is going to be. And to Matt's point, they need to think of what are all of those industries going to need that's common, right? And then there are going to be companies doing the development that's transformative, whether it's, you know, a, a, a manufacturing integrator or Oracle working with them as a partner to develop the software infrastructure to make the, the many tentacled relationships work. That, that, that's my belief on it. If they try and solve it directly, mm -hmm. they won't. If they spread their wings and let lots of companies work with them, they will or can.
Matt, what, what do you think? Are telcos, do they see the, the potential for loss as well as the potential for gain? <laughs> in other words, if, if they don't yeah. change, I would, I'm not asking you to name names, uh, but, uh, yeah. but in terms yeah. of a, a mood and attitude, uh, is there a, that sense of, of potential jeopardy? Yeah. So, so I, I think right now that sense of potential jeopardy is really something that's become a little bit pervasive in the in the industry and I, I think is challenging. But I agree with what Grant said. Right. And, and yes, I'm, I'm always a little bit that uh, eternal optimist. But in my mind, you know, the need in digital to be able to have communications creates an opportunity for everyone to miss out, it means two things. It means you failed to invest in the necessary infrastructure to do that relevantly. And over time, that's going to be two things. Number one, did you build it so you can actually do digital commerce? And by that, what I mean is, have you automated so that actually our solutions can plug in and, and just do basic ordering and so forth? The second one is, did you actually build 5G standalone to be able to participate in the more stringent applications. If you don't do the first one, you can't play at all. Hmm. If you didn't do the second one, you won't get the advanced industry solutions coming across your network. It will go somewhere else, right? But then what Grant said is really important, you know, because it calls for every carrier to have a bit of a self-identity strategically of what are we going to be and how do we serve? And, and there will be a handful very much the minority that chooses to go after an industry or two. But the rest, I hope, are that one that I described that actually builds the digital interfaces and puts in place the capabilities to actually support at scale these applications. You made a comment earlier about consumers being happy with 4G. And you know what? We always knew that 4G was sufficient for human need. But for society need, you're going to need 5G. And for the aggregate of human consumption, you need 5G for capacity only, right? And so it is essential that carriers just do one or two things and that they're okay with that, not in a settling, but in a progressive, let me partner and let me offer something beyond just to my human consumers. It's a good recipe for, for the future. And I think, you know, goes to the heart of this period of transition that we're in. Uh, it's not, we're not on this linear growth path where we just keep doing the same things, but a little quicker, a little better. Uh, I think you, you've alluded to, to, to new ideas and new ways of thinking and, and a new kind of future for telecom that we have to adjust our mindsets to, to, to be able to take advantage of it. And, and sure, 5G is a part of it, absolutely, but it, but it comes with these other, these other things. And I know that, Grant, that's been a, a part of what you talked about as well. What are the other things we need to do apart from just getting faster at cranking the handle? I think that's a great that's a great way to to, to conclude today's to conversation, uh, Matt. I do just want to ask you one last question. Um, you, you've worked both sides of the table at a senior level. Uh, we see some people going from telco to to vendor side and back again. Which 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 do you prefer, a vendor or or <laughs> operator? <laughs> yeah, I I prefer the one where we're out there actively solving the big hard challenges. So, you know, I, I'm delighted where I'm at, but I've been delighted each step of the way throughout my career. They are remarkable companies. And too often we take, especially the carrier space for granted. You know, our modern economy does not exist. Well, no economy has ever existed without communications. And so that industry that makes communications that much better and that much more present in the day-to-day -day life of consumers and society is one that we need to invest in maybe a little bit more as a society to make sure that we continue to, to, to grow and change. 
very diplomatic answer, experienced uh, experienced perspective. Thank you so much for that. Matt, Grant, great talking with you today. I, I think we'll wrap things up there. That's been really, really interesting. Thanks so much for your time. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Robert. You have been listening to the Appledore Research Podcast. Join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of technology.